Welcome back to A New Way, where we're finding new ways to balance our emotional well-being and take the power back. Today, I have Brigeen joining me, um, and there's something very mythological and magical about Brigeen. Um, and maybe that's something to do with her being surrounded by spirits all day, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but she plays a long list of instruments and works as a funeral director also. So welcome, Brigeen. Thank you so much for coming and speaking with me today. So much for having me and all of my spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask how your name came about? Um, were you yeah, sure? Yeah. Um, so basically, my name is Breach McGowan. Um, but growing up, I'm I'm a very small person, so everyone would call me Breaching. So I said when I was going doing this, um, when I was going to go about making this contemporary music. I wanted to have a different name because I still, you know, I still play traditional Irish music and I didn't want it to seem like I was trying to change traditional Irish music because it's perfect as it is. Mm -hmm. So I said, if I my traditional Irish music as Breach McGowan and my new music as Breaching. So it's kind of like my ultra ego kind of. Yeah, so, it's lovely. Yeah. And you're one of a kind. So I'd like to just talk about your day job um, being a funeral director. And I watched a documentary um, on your dad last night um, on RT and it was it was so good. And I just I cried and I, I felt very anxious as well. I don't know if that's um, something that people have mentioned, but it was very um, I could feel it kind of coming up. And then I thought, oh please don't show a dead body and then it did <laughs> and I don't know like there's just such fear around death and um and I feel like you have a sort of different outlook of it but we'll just talk about your day job so what is it that you do what does your day kind of look like so my day um my day every day is completely different and I I love that um, but if there was, let's say, let's say if there was a, we'll go from the, the start of a funeral, that first initial phone call. So, you know, I'd have the phones diverted to me, you know, every every couple of nights, um, myself and Andrew take turns here in this Ligo funeral home. And um, if I get a phone call in the evening or at night um, or during the day and someone's passed away in the hospital or in their home um, I must go out and I'll get the our ambulance and I'll go out and collect them um, and then I'll meet with the family and we'll make arrangements for the funeral so then it's kind of you going to event organizing mode so you're ringing priests ringing singers ringing like all these people um, and then sometimes if there's a few funerals on at the same time you have to try and weave it all around each other um, and make it all fit I love that I love organizing so it suits me down to the end um, then when it comes to the preparation of the deceased that is in our eyes that is the most important part of the job is looking after them and you know making sure that their dignity is remained at all times and we're very respectful of the deceased as well so that's a whole other part. It's so special, you know, being given the trust yeah. to look after someone's loved one. Yeah. And, 
you know, just knowing that we treat everyone as we wish to be treated ourselves is comforting that, you know, we know that yeah. they've been treated best yeah. possible. And I think then, that, came, that came off in the documentary as well. It was just... Um, your dad just had a kind of a very calming demeanor and I think um and I saw you in there as well um I saw you in the documentary and it was just lovely I mean if I ever passed away I would like I would like you to look after me definitely (laughs) um I don't know the logistics of that you're in Sligo but (laughs) we come down for you yeah you come down to Cork for me yeah people down there too there's plenty but um yeah then there's the the wake or the repose or visitation something called and that can be held in the funeral home or in the home of the person and um and then it's the funeral itself so that's the whole and then after that as well like it's not just okay bye after the graveyard you know you know I'd always invite people to come in I'd always be ringing them and just making sure they're okay you yeah. know and uh, such with people too it's because um, you do you you develop such a strong relationship with each family yeah you know because you're doing such an important thing for them um you know you just um it's really lovely you know I've got to I've got to know a lot of people um a lot of really nice people around around the place yeah. from this job yeah yeah it's so. um yeah I'd say there's a lot goes goes into it and a lot of people don't realize that how much actual work goes and in, goes into that planning it's nearly planning like for a wedding it's um there's I so have, much and it's planning in like you know a very short space of time as well yeah. but a lot a lot of people think that a funeral director just like arrives at the church and like walks up and down and that's yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there's so much going on in the background as well that's the that's the easy part you know um but there's an, yeah, there is a lot of work that goes into it. And it's very, like, there's unsociable hours. Like, the hours yeah. are, you know, they're not, you know, you'd, you wouldn't want to have, like, um, any notions of spare time, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're busy. You don't, like, yeah. you don't. I had a weekend off coming up. Um, and this has happened so many times. I'd have a weekend off, maybe. And I might have some plans. And then someone I know dies. It's like, oh, I don't care that I have a weekend off. I want to do this funeral for that yeah. person. It, you know what I mean? It's yeah. um, it's such a nice thing to do. So you some- you grew up around all this. Um, so from a very young age, would you have been around dead bodies and all this kind of thing? Did yeah. you ever? Did you ever have? any kind of fear around that or was it just always something that was just so normal and natural no I'd be more afraid of the living to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know what you mean um, um it's funny when you said that we it just reminded me when we lived above the funeral home until I was like until I was like seven I think or something and um, me and my sister and uh like we had we had great times in the funeral home, but like it was very normal, you know, playing hide and seek in the coffin showroom, and you know, it, you know, we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have been in the mortuary now at that age, obviously, mm. you know. Um, but as the older we got, the more involved we got, like you know, you know, painting nails, and you know, but we would have always seen them like laid out in the coffin, you know. Yeah. Um, 
But the only time I ever remember being scared living there um, is when we got broken into. What happened there? Someone broke into the funeral home and um, I, I don't remember what they took or whatever, but I remember being so scared that someone had broken into the funeral home. Yeah. And when you said it there, I was like, I've never been afraid in there. I've no scary yeah. memory. Only when a living person tried to break in. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you are you not frightened of death? I'm not. No, I'm not frightened of it. I'm very much aware of it. And growing up, I, I definitely. Um, you know, I'd, I'd find things, I'd be very emotional. I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Yeah. Um, and I think it is because, you know, I know that people will die and I know I will have to say goodbye. Yeah. Say goodbye to me. You know, it's, it's mm. inevitable. It's one thing we all have in common, that we will have a day. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not frightened about that at all because I'd be very... Um, I would believe in the spiritual world. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think it's just you die and that's it. You go back into the ground. I, I do believe your spirit um, leaves your body, goes elsewhere and is needed elsewhere. Yeah, me too. Um, I, and I think there's really a lack of knowledge and even conversation around death and around that transition. Um, it's never spoken about in schools for children. It, it's never really spoken about with adults. Like if you ever bring it up, it's kind of like you, you're shut down automatically. And it's like, you know, oh, stopping so morbid or stop talking about mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, I would be guilty of that as well. Um, but my children, I've got two girls and they they kind of are fascinated a little bit by it. As, as children are, you know, it's just a, it's a huge thing. And they come and ask me about it. and. Um, and I just say, you know, it's a lovely thing and, and you go up to heaven and you, you might be a star and, and you know, they, they're kind of happy with that. But then it always comes up again a, a while later and, um, and they're very curious. And um, at the start, I kind of thought, oh, God, and I, and I tried to just deflect that conversation, you know, just, oh, do you want an ice cream? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and but now I, I'm starting to get a little bit better, but. I just wonder why isn't this being talked about in school and not by, you know, a psychologist or somebody, but somebody like you, you know, somebody that has been around this all their life and is totally okay about talking about it. I think that would just be really good for children to get that kind of um, clarity and just that positivity around entering that transition. What do you think about that? Oh, totally. I think it's amazing that your kids are asking you questions. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you know, it's, and you're, and you're right. Like with people ask us this all the time and like, you know, I would say, and dad, dad always says, you know, be honest with your children about what's happening because people don't give their kids enough credit for what they can retain because, you know, a toddler can speak four languages. You know, and, you know, some of the memories I have from when I was very young are still very vivid in my head, you know. So um, 
I do think like even when it comes to a family bereavement, I think it's really important to include children in like the wake and the the whole ritual around it. You know, some people think, oh, no, we won't bring the kids because and they don't really know why they're not. They just feel like it's something they shouldn't include their kids with because it might be too much for them. But like it's very it would be very important for a child you know, maybe not in the moment. They might run into the room and be like, oh, bye, Granny, or something. <laughs> you know, but in years to come that that actually will help them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's interesting you said that because I sort of decided, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I decided that if there was ever a family bereavement that I wouldn't involve my children. So it's interesting now that we're we're talking about this. Um. And, and now I'm thinking, just after you said that, why, why aren't I involving them? I just thought, you know, if, if, if anything ever happened, I don't want them to be present during that because I feel like they lose their innocence and, they, and their life will change from that point and they lose that. So, um, but now you've said that, it'll make, it'll make me think a bit about it, I think. I, I don't think it, it's, I don't think it would make them lose their innocence um but I think it would help their acceptance yeah yeah you're right like just their understanding of the world as a whole Mm. you know what I mean um but I do I do get why people would like you know try and hold their kids back but um you know dad is always advising it's it's only when I kind of think about it more you know um it definitely I feel it has helped me massively, um, you know, and even seeing kids in with their, you know, when families bring in the kids and they think, oh, they're always like, what's going to happen here? What is the kid going to do? And sometimes it's gorgeous. Like they might like, you know, I'd always encourage them to like, you know, draw a little picture and and put bring something with you to put in so they feel included. And, you know, they feel like when they're in, the church at the mass they know what's happening because it's not a big oh why are we in a church and why are we all looking at a box you know they know what's in there and they know the importance of the whole ritual you know yeah. um and uh yeah i think it's uh i i, w- I would think it's it's uh, it's definitely a good idea to to involve your kids i love that um and I, I had a lot of, you know, when I was younger, I, I would have thought about death a lot. And it, it used to keep me up at night, actually. Um, I was terrified. And I used to I used to say, you know, oh, I, f- I, I washed my hands and then there was some washing up liquid and I might have t- I might have put that in my mouth. Does that mean I'm going to die? <laughs> and I was so obsessed thinking that, like, I'm, I'm going to die every night I went to sleep. I thought I wouldn't wake up and everyone thought it was hilarious, but I was genuinely petrified. And I wonder what I would have needed back then as as an eight or nine year old, what what I needed to make that OK and, and to make that uh, feel a bit safer around that. Um, and what would it, would for a long time, like, was it triggered by something, do you think? No, I just think I, I when I found out that, oh, OK, we're, we're going to die someday and, and you know, I, I'd see graveyards and that just kind of made me realise that and movies as well, you know, um, looking at people but I I wanted to talk about it but then nobody wanted to talk about it none of my friends you know 
family they, they were like oh no don't and it was always shut down and um so I, I'm just mindful around that kind of side of it with my children. If they ever want to talk about it, we have a big conversation, even though I feel a bit like, oh, I wish we were talking about something else. Um, I, I always give that kind of time to them and, and we go through it. Um, that, I think that's really good. Like, that's yeah. really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, um, but, I don't know um, what might have triggered that. Now, I would have been... When I was younger, I would have been, um, my, my granddad lost his wife, um, years and years and years ago. I never even met her. Um, but he absolutely adores her. Like she's like just the best thing since life pan. Everyone around loved her. Um, I was actually born on her birthday. That's why they that's why they call me Breach, because her name is Bridie. And um, but I never met her and I always felt um I always felt this sadness um for granddad. And like I found, you know, I'd be I'd be the same stuff, but I'd be like I'm as a kid even, like I'd be in bed at night like you crying because I'd be so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um you know there is that too and it, there, that is sad and it was like ah but it makes me definitely appreciate little things so much more you know and I don't mean like uh little things like I don't know I don't know <laughs> drinking water but I mean like the what's going on under our skin as a perfect example and if you even dipped into neuroscience, um, it just blows my mind how much we have going on for ourselves without even having to think about it. And, you know, it makes me really appreciate all of that kind of thing. You know, like you, someone might um, lose the ability to walk and it's like they'd nearly say, like, I, I wish I appreciated being able to walk more or like looking at people around being like they don't appreciate being able to walk Do you know I feel like I have that appreciation for every yeah. little thing yeah you know and I think that's it's it, it's so easy to get wrapped up in yourself these days like you know um do I have the coolest runners do I have like whatever but yeah I think it always has to come back down to like your being and like how much you're already doing you know um yeah. Yeah, I, I, to I totally agree with that. Um, I feel like with my struggles over the years, emotional kind of struggles, mental health problems, if you if you will, um, I feel like that has given me, you know, that clarity now and that appreciation as well. Um, and I, I think it's while at the time going through it, I, I hated it and it was horrific, but it does change you as a person and give you that kind of zest for life and um yeah so I I know exactly what you mean um even a walk on the beach I'll be just on a high for the day a walk in the woods yeah, <laughs> yeah I love nature I love I love the sea I'm just so I'm just so fascinated by like the constant flow of nature and it's like you know we all have our own little worries we're all like you know running around with worried heads in us and it's like it just happens there's no one like there's no one pressing an on switch every morning or like you know yeah. it just 
and it's like wow even like the stars and the sky it's it's just everything blows my mind yeah I completely agree and I I feel like when I saw I saw you on Tommy Tiernan a few weeks ago and you did an interview and then you played your music afterwards and normally I would like I'm I shouldn't be saying this but I'd normally switch off after the interviews and I wouldn't listen to the music side of it but you you came on and I just I was mesmerized I, I genuinely was I just couldn't take my eyes off you and and the, the violinist and the rest of the band I just couldn't believe it it just and I, I couldn't stop listening to it and then I was start I had it in my head all day I was singing it's just so beautiful and I just wanted to congratulate you with that because you composed that um music it's called ocean of ocean of stars isn't that right that's the title track from the EP so it's out now it's um ocean of stars and there's five tracks in total on it um I've I've been working on it for a while now and I have did you see the music video I have for it actually yes yeah with the dancer work um on the on the sea that's actually another sorry this I hope I'm probably drifting but um I just have to say because I was actually only talking to her mom this morning Ellie that dancer was only about 14 at the time and um I I was playing at a music festival in Portugal and I, I booked, I got, because with the harp, you know, I have to get like a, ta- a big taxi for the airport. You can't just like fit it in with the flight case, you know, it's huge. And um, so I got this taxi, it was like a bus, it's a bit perfect. I was like, look, I tipped him 30 quid. I said, will you pick me up when I arrive? Just to save me, like trying to find one that would fit. And he was like, not a bother, perfect. Save my number, that was perfect did the festival and what like four days later I was like calling him before I flew and I was like hey are you still there and then like no answer no text messages and I landed in Dublin and I was like walking out to get my bag and I was like oh I'm gonna have to order another one like he's just gone and I was like raging I was like sake. and I called another taxi company I was like yeah I need a bus <laughs> so like yeah, okay we'll send one out so um got into this one and next thing you're on to tell me all about his granddaughter who's a dancer and I'm just like wrecked and hung over and I'm like yeah yeah cool cool and uh then he started saying yeah she'd be like polishing her world and um, the globe on her on her trophies and I was like wait what kind of a dancer is she is like oh she's like and he started showing me videos then and there was a video of her um doing a dance and like Abby Lee you know like from Dance Moms she like invited her over and everything and I was like I saw her dancing to Lost Boy and I was just like oh my god this is and oh my god she's perfect I was like can I have her mom's number please and uh, he sent it out to me anyway and they were so cool and they were so sound and so excited like to be part of it and I just said I have this idea in my head that I wanted to be on the beach but I didn't want it to be like a cheesy beach video I wanted to be like where is she like swallowed in darkness in like emptiness in you know um just alone you know and um I got onto Fionn Rogers who do he makes my videos for me and he's he's great at like me telling him my mad ideas <laughs> and he's actually able to you know well like I directed it as well but 
um with with Fionn like but um yeah it was it came out so I'm so proud of it like it was just and a few people have said to me that god at the start I didn't know where she was and I was like yes <laughs> brilliant but uh, I'll be working her again um in the yeah, future it's it's amazing and and you um started up that band didn't you that was because you you couldn't um find a band that needed a harp player so you started your own yeah so it's basically um free jean is me and if i have a gig that has room for another person i'll get a fiddle player if i do you know so it's not like um we're a set band if you know what I mean yeah but the the people I get mainly for my gigs and for recording is my friend one of my best mates Claire Sands on fiddle and uh Paul Leonard on drums uh Jack Selby Smith on bass uh who else we got Dick Curran on electric guitar um who else is on Colin McEnumber recorded on the EP for me as well um but it's kind of like if you if it was just a do you know what I mean I'm I'm breaching without the other people if that makes sense yep and yeah I um I formed I, I just I started writing my own music um well I was writing since I was young but I wanted to start writing more contemporary music so um I was like I love arranging music and um the, I was I started off on my computer like looping over and over um, and then I got the loop pedal and it just kind of started from there then so so how does your um job as a funeral director how does that kind of link in with your music um because I feel like your music there's something very spiritual about it um Thanks. yeah so I feel like would you get a lot of passion from your work? So it's, I do, um, what's funny is I actually, um, I, I wrote, um, I wrote all of that EP before I became a full-time funeral director. Um, but I still would have always worked in the funeral home. Do you know what I mean? But um, I would have been teaching a lot of music in Cork when I wrote that. Um, I would have been, I would have been, teaching a lot and that's part of the reason why I'm, I moved home is because I felt that when I, I put so much of my creative energy into teaching that I couldn't go home and I, I didn't want to play when I got home you know I didn't I was I was just like I drained myself because I was so excited by the teaching so I said I think I need to move home and focus on music and um, see what happens and then I ended up having to give my my dad um, a dig out and um, I found out I really love doing it full time. But you do for there are a lot of tragedies that, you know, cause a lot of pain. Um, and I, I carry that pain, too, when I'm doing a funeral and working that closely with the family. Um, and I'm like bottling it all up for the whole funeral. And then when the funeral is over then I allow myself to let go and you know it is the the job is very time consuming but I find it's like catapult when I'm in the studio when I do make my time for the studio I just like 
let it all out and it's yeah. just it blows out of me so I've got like I've actually um I've written um more than more than an album but I've com- I've composed an album um now as well and I'm look really looking forward to get working and recording that as well but that would be more um I find it's it's um I really like where it's going and uh like my style and my writing style and I feel like this is more tuned into my emotions you know um because I am there my soul in the studio you know what I mean um so it's like uh yeah I there's lots to come lots to come yeah oh that's good so the future is looking bright for you and um your music and uh, will you stay with funerals if like you know if your music gets huge and you say like so would you you know if, if if you got the call to go to America would you go and I'm like who's calling like who is this calling like and where where is this offer like the music and the future so unpredictable you know it's actually it works so well together because you, know, you could have a quiet time in the future home where no one's dying and then you could have you know really busy time with gigs and then it just flatlines you know the music is so it's really hard to do it full time and like I take my hat off to anyone a lot of my friends are doing it full time but I think this year has really really um it's really shown the this is going to sound awful actually I'm trying to put it in the best way possible I think it's really shown the true creative and the people who have been able to keep going through this year have been the ones who's been able to keep doing new things, reinvent their their selves themselves, you know, and and make it work for the current time, um, you know, and and people like myself now, I um, I I really, I'm a really go getter. I love, I I just love to keep going, keep coming with new ideas, and it's kept me afloat all year. I've had a great year. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's um it's been really it's been really great um that's a, that sounds kind of like I'm saying I'm I'm a true creative <laughs> but I was talking about other people when I said that you know yeah. um, no I, I I I know what you mean like the last year has really brought creative sides out of people that they never knew they had I mean my mom's making pottery and she would have been like you know go 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 all the time and yeah. now now they're out gardening and, and she's doing pottery. And I mean, it's hard, like it's tough on people mentally, especially older people, I think. Um, but it's it's bring it's brought about a lot of creativity. And, and I love that. Um, and I just think, yeah, I, I think just back to death again. <laughs> I think with um, with death, I think there's a lot um, of fear around us. And I think unspoken fear and I think I I'm starting to think that a lot of mental health issues emotional distress um triggers are kind of based around that um you know existential kind of fears um and I and I think addictions come into it as well I think um a lot of people you know overindulge or are they have addiction problems and I think that the underlining issue are those fears around death what do you think about that I mean 
I know it's probably just my um, tupins worth, but I just feel like there's something there, I think. Yeah, I think you, I think you could be right. Um, like, I wouldn't know enough about it to speak confidently about it now, but just from, in my opinion, um, I think that death, people, like, don't get me wrong, when I say that I'm not afraid of death, it doesn't mean that I'm not really saddened by it, you know? Um, but I do think that, like, anything, if you don't, if you avoid talking about it and you don't speak about it, you build up a huge fear. And I, I think of it like, um, you know, you know, kids, when you're a kid, you have this big, you're afraid of the dark and like um, you might be walking from your friend's house or something and it's dark and it's like you can't see anything and it's all just darkness and you're so scared because what because you think something's going to come out and jump at you or you don't know what's behind all that darkness and if there's someone watching you or what's going on what's going to happen and I just feel like it's like that you know um it should be more like daytime talking about death you know instead of you know you know when you know what's gonna happen you know it, when you know um when you're more open about talking about it and you kind of are more willing to talk about it to yourself even you know I think you can accept it and when you accept it I think you then start to you know, you live your life differently, really. You know, you, you, um, you don't like. I'm not saying I don't get stressed out, but like, when I do get stressed out, I can wind myself down because I just go. You know, I just tell myself nearly every night before I go to bed how lucky I am. You know, to have my family, have both my parents. I have a gorgeous grandfather. You know, still alive. And like now Grandad has dementia and like he's a musician, a fabulous musician, but I go down and he put the fiddle in his hands and he's flying it like, you know, and then that makes me appreciate having music, knowing that if I get dementia when I'm older, that I still get bursts of joy from playing or singing music. Um, but I think if you don't switch into the daytime with death, um I, I I do think what you're saying it could lead to what you're saying yeah yeah because I think it's terrifying if you think if you don't talk I have people um I had one poor lady and she wanted to have her funeral paid for she wouldn't come into the building she was so afraid of death you could go up to if I even saw a coffin she said I'd, I'd actually die and I you know it's just me <laughs> I know and and what what can we do around that like is is it just something that we need to expose ourselves to um as much as we really don't want to I mean that watching that documentary for me last night was tough um and and I was thinking oh I could be watching something really positive even though I really enjoyed watching your dad and and just the way he carries out his work but I felt like there was just that kind of darkness or or kind of that pit in my stomach kind of a anxiety 
but do you think if I kept exposing myself to that kind of thing that it would eventually kind of get a little bit easier yeah it sounds like it kind of resurrected that that feeling those feelings you were having when you were younger nearly with with that you know um I, I we had a lot of people contact us actually that were terminally ill and they only had two or three months to live and they actually called and wrote letters thanking dad because they said it actually took the fear of dying away from them which was really really nice um but they're obviously in a different mindset to, to you are like you know everyone's totally different um but yeah i i just um i know <laughs> I, I know I say we should be all more accepting of it and we should talk about it more and stuff. I don't mean like you go over to the girls with a bottle of rosé. <laughs> Sorry, talking about girls. It's not like that. It's like, you know, you just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Hang out with me for a while. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, you, you might regret saying that now I'll be knocking on your door. <laughs> Um, no, but that, I think even speaking with you, I think it's even very calming and soothing. And I think um, I think you're a bit of an old soul, Brigitte. I think you've you've been around before. <laughs> I've actually been told that before. I've been told that before. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm very uh, I think I'm just I'm very aware um, of um, each being around me as well. No, it's that's a whole other that's another side of it too you know there's the appreciation of what I have like my body but I appreciate that other people have their emotions and they're going through other things too which cracks me up when I go you know when you go into the a shop and someone's roaring down the staff counter being like this is faulty and like what's wrong with you this is a joke of a company it's like <laughs> girl like you don't know what they're going through like just take it down a notch like do you know what I mean and yeah. it, it kind of or um you know I can em I empathize with people more do you know because um you know everyone's got their own things going on no matter what if they if they seem to have it all together like they everyone has ups and downs and that's what makes the ups better than you know that's what makes the ups so good is that you have downs to come up you know um but uh yeah i definitely think acceptance of of um of death is something we all need to come around to yeah i i, I love that and i think i hope that our chat today will provide some kind of um understanding or kind of have a calming effect for people because it definitely did for me anyway and um and I, I really appreciate you coming on. Where can people get your music or download it? So if you if you follow me on um, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, I'm Bridgin Music. So it's B R I D I N Music, and I'm on Spotify under Bridgin, just Bridgin. Um, so if you can't afford to to buy or put money towards my music on Bandcamp, um. A, a download put it into a playlist that's just as good like I, I appreciate that as much um but if you do want to support me like if you have the tenor hanging around <laughs> and you want to throw it into my music um 
and towards my new album or something. Um, just uh, if you go into Bandcamp and Breeding, uh, I've the, I've the link in my bios for all my social media for it, and uh, the EP Ocean of Stars is there, and you can purchase for a tenner, or you can actually I put the the EP in under ten euro, um, but you can also buy the tracks individually for less. I I do, I'm not trying to make a big buck off it, like, but if there's money comes in towards it, I'll put it towards the new album. Okay, Regine, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. I loved speaking with you. I'll chat to you again. <laughs> Bye. Bye.